Welcome to the Beacon Broadcast from Beacon Baptist Church in Burlington, North Carolina, featuring expositional Bible teaching by Pastor Greg Barkman. If you'd like to correspond with the Beacon Broadcast, or if you wish to support this radio ministry, write to The Beacon Broadcast, Post Office Box 159, Alamance, North Carolina, 27201, or find us on the web at beaconbaptist.com beaconbaptist.com The Beacon Broadcast is supported in part by the gifts of faithful listeners. Now with today's message from God's Word, here is Greg Barkman. I have always considered the record of Paul's ministry in the city of Thessalonica to be highly interesting. And that's what we've been talking about over the last several broadcasts in preparation for a study of the First Thessalonian epistle. But Paul, as you recall, came to Thessalonica, the larger city in Macedonia, after he had to leave Philippi, traveled 100 miles, primarily southward, and came to this large city, this large cosmopolitan, commercially prosperous city with a lot of trade, a lot of people coming and going, and with a large synagogue. And there Paul preached in the synagogue on three Sabbaths, having been invited to do so because he was recognized as a visiting rabbi. But his message, though received by many, was rejected by the majority. And his message was simply to demonstrate from the Old Testament scriptures that the promised Messiah had to suffer and die and rise from the dead. And that was a new thought. It was there in the Bible all along, but they had never really considered that seriously. Like there are certain doctrines that people in our day will find difficult to accept and will not consider seriously, even though they are clearly taught in Scripture. People happen to be that way, and that's the way they were. And so, when... A few of the Jews and a large number of the Gentiles who worshipped in the synagogue, along with a sizable number of prominent women who were no doubt wealthy and socially well-connected, believed. But the majority of the Jews did not believe, and so they rejected the message of Paul. And so Paul took the believers and took them to some other location and began to teach them the scriptures and to lay the foundation for the organizing of a church, the church at Thessalonica, to whom he writes the first Thessalonian epistle. And so we're going to wrap that part up in a few minutes and get started into the epistle, hopefully on the broadcast today, and if not, certainly tomorrow. But let me pause and welcome you to this Wednesday, February 7 edition of the Beacon Broadcast. Thank you for listening. Thank you for being mindful of the financial needs to keep teaching God's Word on this station. Well, the Jewish opposition, as we saw yesterday, was envious of the success of Paul, of the large number of people who were following him, listening to him, 
believing him, honoring him, looking to him for truth and for guidance. And they didn't like that. They didn't like that. But when the Jews who were persuaded, but when the Jews who were not persuaded, rather, becoming envious, took some of the evil men of the marketplace and gathering a mob, set all the city in an uproar and attacked the house of Jason and thought, sought to bring them out to the people. But when they did not find them, they dragged Jason and some brethren to the rulers of the city, some of the new converts, to the rulers of the city, crying out, These who have turned the world upside down have come here too. Jason has harbored them. In other words, they were probably living in his house, and probably the new church was meeting in his house. He must have been a man of some prominence with a large home. Jason has harbored them. And these are all acting contrary to the decrees of Caesar, saying, There is another king, Jesus. Same charge that the religious leaders in Jerusalem brought to Pilate, the Roman governor, to charge Jesus. And Pilate recognized that that wasn't true. He saw right through them. He knew that they did it out of envy, and yet he caved in to their political pressure because it could have put him in a very precarious situation. Well, apparently these city leaders weren't quite so insightful and, and didn't understand that this was not a, a valid charge. And so they troubled the crowd and the rulers of the city when they heard these things. So when they had taken security from Jason, that is, they demanded that he post bond we would call it today, they took security from Jason and the rest, they let them go after they posted bond. And I, I guess the bond in this case was a promise that you will not stir up trouble, will not raise any opposition, any, any kind of a revolution or insurrection against Caesar in Rome. And so things got pretty hot there. Then the brethren immediately sent Paul and Silas away by night to Berea. When they arrived, they went into the synagogue of the Jews. And so, once again, we read of this several times in, in different cities. Paul and Silas, Paul and his missionary team, had to depart quickly, a hasty departure to keep from being, keep from being jailed, keep from being executed. We don't know what, what could have happened if they'd stayed. So there was a hasty nighttime departure to escape from Berea. And I just simply point out, they didn't say, well, we're not afraid of the authorities and we're not going to escape by night. We're going to stay here and, and continue to preach Christ. And if they want to put us in jail and put us to death, then we're prepared to do that. Well, of course, Paul was prepared to do that and did do that on several occasions, but it's not always, what should I say, it is not always cowardly, it is not always wrong, uh, sinful, it is not always unspiritual to leave a dangerous situation for a place of safety. You find both examples in Scripture. Sometimes when people stayed and faced the danger because 
what for whatever reason they felt like that was the right thing to do at that time. And other times, like the one we see before us right here, when God's people decided to escape the danger and to preserve their lives and preserve their their health and be able to to go on to another place to continue serving the Lord rather than being confined and not not free to serve the Lord. And there is no indication in Scripture that one response is more God-pleasing, God-honoring than the other. You say, well, how do you decide which one to do when? Well, I think you just better do what you believe the Lord is leading you to do on that occasion, but don't act like that staying and and suffering is the only right response because sometimes the right response is to get out of town, get out of Dodge, escape the suffering. That's what Paul and Silas did here, and it was the honorable thing to do. It was the right thing to do. There's no indication that God was at all displeased with that response. And so then the brethren immediately sent Paul and Silas away by night. This hasty nighttime departure from Thessalonica to the next city in Macedonia where they ministered, which was Berea. Now, I raised this question yesterday, and I'll just bring it back up again. How long did they minister in Thessalonica? A surface reading of Acts 17 might lead us to the conclusion they were only there three weeks. Then they got sent away. But as I pointed out yesterday, I don't think that's in the first place, I don't think it's plausible that they could have accomplished what was accomplished there in establishing a church in only three weeks. And number two, I think the phraseology of verse five, but the Jews who were not, were not persuaded becoming envious, not became envious, as if it happened instantly, but that grew slowly and gradually. But is that all there is? No, there's one more indication that I think makes it certain that they were there longer. And that's Paul's comments in Philippians chapter 4 when he says, Now you Philippians know also. Philippi, of course, was the city that they left before they came to Thessalonica. Now you Philippians know also that in the beginning of the gospel, that is the first proclaiming the gospel in Europe, which was at Philippi, at the beginning of the gospel, when I departed from Macedonia to go further south to Achaia, no church shared with me concerning giving and receiving, but you only, the, Phil the church at Philippi, generously and repeatedly supported Paul in his missionary work. And then this word in verse 16, for even in Thessalonica, you sent aid once and again for my necessities. Now, given the length of time it took to transport aid in those days, you couldn't send it by wire, you couldn't send it by email, you couldn't mail a check. It had to be carried. It was generally coins, silver and, and sometimes even gold coins, that were, were rather heavy and had to be carried and communicated directly transported from one place to another. It took some time for that to happen, took some time for the couriers to return. It would take several of them because somebody had to, you had to have enough people that you could 
be safe from rob robbers and they sent once to Thessalonica returned to Philippi some time passed they no doubt had some kind of communication with what was going on there they concluded for some reason or another that some additional support was needed they sent again once and again you sent financial aid to Thessalonica well, that's pretty hard to explain if they were only there three weeks. So I think there's there's two or three lines of evidence that would say they were there longer. Not all of the events that took place are recorded by Luke here or anywhere. You can't say you can't tell everything. And no doubt Paul took this group of people out of the synagogue, large group of people, started meeting with them, teaching them grounding them in in theology, sound theology and doctrine, teaching them many things they needed to know from the scriptures and the basic doctrines of the Christian faith that they needed to know, and teaching them how to organize and conduct themselves as a local church. He was teaching them all of these things, and that took some time to leave a church behind, which he obviously did, And so it's more likely that he was there for three or four months, not three or four weeks, but eventually he was forced out and he left in the middle of the night and went on to another city to continue his missionary work as he escaped the persecution that was coming down upon him in the city of Thessalonica, similar to the persecution that he had faced in the city of Philippi. So now we have finished our background for the establishing of the church of Thessalonica, and tomorrow we'll start into our study, verse by verse, of Paul's first epistle to the church of the Thessalonians. And so please join me then. Until then, this is Greg Barkman, Bible teacher on the Beacon Broadcast, Post Office Box 159, Alamance, North Carolina, 27201, saying, Good day. May God give you his eternal peace.